Welcome to On Point with Rachel Turgeman. I'm so glad you can join us tonight. My friends, making sure that our students, our children, our youth are ready to excel in Miami-Dade County Public Schools and soar like eagles is very, very important. As a matter of fact, teachers also need to make sure that they have the necessary tools in the classrooms so when their students graduate, they can compete locally and globally for higher paying jobs. Joining us tonight, is Lucia Bias Geller, candidate for Miami Dade County Public Schools Board District She is ready to take her 15 years of classroom experience and her lifelong advocacy in education, bring it to all of the children and families. Lucia Bias, congratulations on all of your accomplishments and welcome. Welcome to On Point with Rachel Turner. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and to be a part of your community. I know how hard you work uh, to be a voice for everyone. So it's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for accepting our invitation. Tonight, I want all of our viewers, and believe me, there are many of them, to find out who you are, your background, but more important than everything is your trajectory record of leadership in education. How's that? Yes, it sounds like a plan. I'm really excited. Okay, so let's begin with, like, where were you born? Because everybody wants to know, where's she from? Where's she from? She's so friendly. She's out there. Where are you from? Talk to us. Okay, so I was born in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and I moved down to South Beach in 1988 when I was four years old. So I'm dating myself. Uh, it was, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> thanks. It's such a great place to live South Beach in 1988 and in the 90s, it was so quiet. And I always feel like I had a magical upbringing. You know, I could hear the ocean, you know, I was one block from the beach. It was really a great time. That's when my love for Miami Beach really began. I don't remember New Jersey, only through pictures. Um, right. But you know, it's, it's where my love uh, began for this great city. And uh, my mother's Colombian and my father is Cuban. Wow. And, and I'm American. I love it. I love it. The United Nations right here. I love it. Okay, so where did you study and what degrees did you earn? Okay, so I went away to college uh, at 18. I went to a small liberal arts school in Mobile, Alabama. Wow. And, yeah, I love it. That's different, right? Is what? It's different. Very different. And it was, it's funny because it reminded me of Miami Beach growing up very quiet, no, no noise at night, you know. And then by the time I had grown up and I turned 18 uh, in 2001, Miami Beach was like the center of the world, right? And yeah. so I was looking at schools and I picked this really small liberal, liberal arts school. And it brought me back to my roots, you know, of, of just people and community. So I enjoyed it and I studied um, English. I have a degree in English and I double majored in uh, secondary education as well. Basically, I knew I wanted to be a teacher and that's what I studied and there was no other career for me, you know? So you born for this. I was born for it. And then I came straight home 
And I started at Beach High immediately at 21. So 15 years later, wow. imagine. You were a baby back I then, right? Beach High along with the kids. You know, I went to Beach High too, by the way. Oh my gosh, amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love my generations. Yeah. I love yeah, my cool. And it's, I think, I think it's a staple of our community. I think we all know what it represents and everybody has great memories there and it really represents a family to us. We all have great memories as teachers, as students. So we love Beach High. Um, but I, I feel like I grew up there as well. From 21 to 37, I've been there. Uh, happy moments, uh, sad moments, deaths, births, joys, everything I've experienced there in front of my, I say children, but my students in front of my children, they've watched me grow and it's been a journey just like I've seen them grow. But as I was teaching, I continued my career because for me, teaching wasn't a fallback. It wasn't something I did because something didn't work out. It's, it's my core. It's who I am, right? So I wanted to continue my education. So um, in 2008, I earned a master's from NOVA in nice. English education. Yes. And then uh, very soon, I will have my dissertation conferred. And I will be graduating from FIU with a PhD in curriculum and instruction. Wow. So, so you yeah. are beyond prepared. Yes. Amazing. Not only do you have that beautiful, positive demeanor, that love and compassion and empathy that you exude for your for your kids, but now you have gonna have the PhD, which just makes everything like beautiful. Right. So let's talk a little bit about your upbringing as you were growing up. What values, Lucia? did your parents perhaps instill upon you, your persona that still resonates in your mind? Yeah, well, absolutely in my home, education was the priority. My mom did everything that she had to do so that I can focus on my studies. And so seeing her effort firsthand, seeing how much she would sacrifice so that I can get ahead in my studies and be able to focus on that, it taught me the, the value of education, right? But the, my passion for education was also instilled in me by my teachers. I looked up to them, I admired them. And what they really taught me was how to strive for excellence. And that's something that I will always be grateful for is that they always taught me that good is okay, um, it, but it's, it's not good enough. You have to be the best you can be and, and to give everything my all. And so they would often, I would finish my work very fast and say, I'm done. And they would make me go back, rewrite it in good handwriting because I would use bad <laughs> handwriting to get out of it. So use good handwriting and make everything longer and, and go deeper. And, and I realized that there that you can really explore things. And, and that's where I really learned that when you do things right in education, you get ahead. And a lot of my pride and, and my identity comes from being a good student and studying and, and knowledge building. And that, that came from teachers that put in all their effort to make sure that I could persevere and be excellent. So That's beautiful. So when you had these different types of experiences with the different teachers that you had, was that an elementary school or middle school or high school? Well, um, you have this passion that you wanted to study education. It was definitely all the way from elementary school. I was you were born the for teacher's this. pet. Yeah, I was the teacher's <laughs> pet. 
I would make pretend I was teaching too. I would want to walk around and do all of the same things the teacher was doing. I always volunteered. Oh, please, erasing the board. You know, I would just be, please let me erase the board for you, you know? So I, I just, <laughs> and I, we had great people and, and wonderful people that, that really, you know what it was? They saw me outside of background, outside of race, outside of uh, socioeconomic background. And they just looked at me and they said, let's explore all your potential. And I'm, that's what I'm most, most grateful for. And that's been my philosophy for the past 15 years that I've been able to have the privilege of doing with my students. As you know, it's expecting the best from them and making sure that they are passionate about whatever it is they're doing. You know, we support the kids. You know? I totally agree with you. Like you have mentioned, you have a, over 15 years as a, a stellar instructor, a teacher right into the school system, teaching a Miami Beach senior high school. You teach English, you teach language arts, you're head of the dual enrollment program. But at, at this point, I need to congratulate you, Lucia, because I want all of our viewers to know that my daughter, Rosetta Turgeman, who's watching all the way from Israel right now. Rosetta, how are you? Say hello to your teacher right here on our show here. Um, she told me that what you did for her uh, was, was beyond fabulous. And me being a mother, I know that's true. I remember when my kid would come from Beach High, she would say to me, mom, I had a great conversation with my teacher, Lucia Baez. She's amazing. She's pushing all her students. She's pushing me. I mean, the fact that you took time with my daughter and sat with her, you know, and said, Rosetta, you have a great, you know, great writing skills. This kid writes like a Harvard grad. And you recognized it as an English instructor that you are, as a language arts teacher that you are, as the head of the dual enrollment program that you are from Miami Beach Senior High School, you recognize the potentiality in every single student. But you just don't sit there and say goodbye when the, when the bell rings and the kids are gone. You're willing to meet them in the morning, in the mm -hmm. afternoon. How did you know? You didn't know that I knew all this about you, right? <laughs> so yeah. And in the, and in the and even in evenings you were there for my kids. So congratulations for preparing our children to conquer the world because they can soar. Like I said at the beginning of the show, like eagles. And you certainly let these these kids, you know, soar like eagles and to fly and to do well in life. Do you want to make a comment on that? And then I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah, I just I agree with you 100%. It's that that personalization that individualization for every student, making sure that every student feels heard, feels validated is, is part of it. You know, the, the curriculum is one part of teaching and anybody could really read a book and, and relate information to people. It's getting to know your students, having those side conversations where they feel like you know them and you care about them. It goes a long way. I mean, kids will move mountains when they know you care and and that's you know that's that's the trick is showing them love and in the ways that that matter to them they want to be heard students today they have so much to say but you, you know? take the time to listen to them and the surprise is that uh, rosetta has contacted many of your past students your former students and they're watching you as we speak so you can Aww. give a shout out to all your students go ahead give them a shout out Hi, everybody. You know that I love you. Thank you for this beautiful journey. The past 15 years have made me who I am today. I dedicate every step of this journey to you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity.
to represent you. I take it very seriously. And I know together we're not only going to win, but we're going to lead and we're going to thrive and succeed. And we're going to bring up everybody with us because that's how we do. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to, to serve you. I love it. Thank you, Lucia Baez-Geller, candidate for Miami-Dade County Public Schools, District 3. 2020. 2020 mm -hmm. came. COVID-19 creeped up on us as a silent killer, as I said last time. And now we find ourselves in a horrible situation. What challenges do you see right now, Lucia, as a teacher, as an advocate, as somebody that is out there that knows about policy, knows about education, a leader in education here locally, Tallahassee, Washington, DC, what challenges do you see right now in the school system with your colleagues, your teachers, your friends? Well, there are many. <laughs> There are many right now, and more than ever, our, our students need us, our, our families need us, our schools are a place of refuge. So the most important thing that we can do right now is to make sure that our schools are safe in, in every way of the word. Um, and when I say safe, it means, of course, right now with COVID, as you're saying, that we have the measures in place, that we have preventative measures, that we're, we're leading our schools with prudence, that we have enforcement of the science and the rules that we know keep our families, our teachers and our students safe, and that we can keep our leaders accountable to give us the resources we need to ensure safety in our schools. That's with COVID, of course, uh, but also eventually we're gonna come back. You know, We hope we're coming back to the schools and then we're gonna be hit again with the anxieties of before violence, gun violence, substance abuse. And all of these have one thing in common, which is mental health. Mental health is critical to maintaining a safe and responsible learning and working environment for everybody, not just the students, also the teachers' mental health. Imagine everything the teachers are going through. And right now there's teachers having to choose between their, live, their lives and their paychecks, right? And, and many are, are in a situation that, you know, unfortunately they're, they're having to choose, make hard choices in their lives. So when we return and, and right now as it's happening, we want a safe transition, like I was mentioning, but we also wanna prepare um, and make sure we have enough counselors on hand, enough listener programs, that we have people in the schools that can understand the situation and can provide resources. Um, but we also, you know, we're like you're saying, we have to prepare the kids for the real world. Mm -hmm. and, and we're seeing more and more, especially what we learned academically through COVID is that now education does not have to be confined within a schoolhouse, you know? And True. we need to use this knowledge. Of course, distance learning, many ups and downs. We know everything about that, how, you know, good and bad it could be. For some students, it was good. But in general, we need to innovate. We need to start thinking outside the box, outside of the schoolhouse. And what does that mean? Bringing in more public and private partnerships, ensuring that our students have real world experience before they leave our school, you know, that they have internships. Let me, let me right there because I oh. want our viewers to understand that what you're saying is not just, you know, lip service. What you're saying is what you have practiced. What you're saying is what you have preached. And what you're saying is what you have implemented. I can yeah. speak for my daughter and for her friends. 
My daughter basically has traveled half of the world because of people like you, because teachers like you that have encouraged her to do that with the internships. So yeah. I, I gotta thank you. Cause when yeah. Rosetta came and says, you know, mom, I'm gonna go to Europe and I'm be trying and all this stuff. And I'm saying, what, you know, as a helicopter mom, but in retrospect, I gotta thank you, Lucia Bias Geller, because by encouraging our kids to, to you know, flip their wings and just take off, I mean, tomorrow Rosetta is ready for the world. Yeah. You know, she just got her master's, but not just Rosetta, all her friends that you have influenced, all the students, all the thousands of students that you have influenced and all the parents that know you, they're watching you right now. And I'm sure that they're thanking you like I'm able to do it here publicly and virtually. So mental health, you mentioned mental health. So do you feel that if, uh, when you win on November 3rd, God willing, do you feel that, that you're going to maybe augment the mental health counselors in the schools? And how do you feel about teenage pregnancy and, and talking about HIVs in the schools and human trafficking? How do you feel about all those programs? No, yeah, listen, our students, they need a real world education. And however, however we wanna do that, whether it's through actual curriculum, whether it's through, again, these partnerships with outside groups, uh, but they're ready for the world, especially you think about it, on their phone, they can look up anything. They can look up the answer to anything. So right now, what we really need to, we don't have to make, they don't have to be looking for, you know, the answers to one question. They actually have to be making the questions. Think about it. They have to be saying, looking at the world and saying, what can be different? How can I contribute? What needs to be done here? They need to be asking the questions themselves and finding the solutions to that. Because when they have a passion and they're able to problem solve, think critically, that's when they learn, you know, not just looking up an answer to a question, you know, that anybody could do, you know? I'm gonna have to label you preparing our children for the world because you've done it. You preach it yeah. and you've done it. Let's take a few seconds to thank all of our advertisers. Don't go away, we'll be right back to you. Uh, advertisers, thank you so much for being here, for helping us. Without you, this program would not be possible. I'm Quinn Rachel Turgerman. I'd like to begin with the Florida Blue. A big shout out to Florida Blue, Jose Milton Foundation, Anna Vega Milton, Nicole Alvarez, our attorney in immigration and criminal justice and family law. Magic Waste Youth Foundation, we love you, Rudy Bustamante. Of course, we have Lucia Baez-Geller, candidate for District 3. We're talking to her right now. Miami-Dade County Public School Board, District 3. Uh, we have Gladys Misrahi, who's also running for Aventura County Councilwoman. Uh, she's running for, um, yeah, Aventura. Big shout out to you as well. Jackson Health Foundation, a big shout out to Charmaine and the rest of the crew. One of the best hospitals in our nation. United Home Care, best place to keep your parents because being home is fantastic. Of course, we have Derek Morales, our attorney. Uh, he's an immigration attorney, a personal injury, uh, employer compensation. And of course, we have Edgerardo de Broward, Elaine Maselli Vasquez with the Hispanic Women of Distinction. A big shout out to her. Rachel Saposnik with Saposnik Insurance. You'll be hearing from her very soon again. She has a surprise for all of you. Catholic Hospice, in the most time of need, when, we're, when our family members or our friends are ill, Catholic's Hospice is there for you, my friends. And of course, last but certainly not least, Survivor's Pathway, Dr. Francesco Dubelli, dealing with sexual assault, human trafficking, domestic violence. A big shout out to all of our advertisers. Thank you, thank you, thank you for giving back to our multicultural communities 
and for loving our multicultural communities. Lucia, let's talk a little bit about your advocacy. You have done so much advocacy in education, not only locally here in Miami-Dade County, but as your viewers and many of the parents that are watching you have been your, your, the students of the kids, they know that you have traveled in Tallahassee, you have traveled to Washington, D.C. Talk to us about this amazing advocacy for education and for all of our children. Yeah, so immediately after I started at, at Beach High, I realized that things were not as they should be. And a lot of that comes from the state funding and, and the way that legislators prioritize education in their budget. So through working with the United Teachers Brigade and the League of Women Voters here in Miami, I was able to really um, use my voice, speak up, and, and be able to uh, lobby in Tallahassee, and then also work with the National Education Association in DC. So basically, what that, yeah, what that means is we go up there, we hold our leader, leaders accountable, we meet with them, uh, we make sure that they know our needs, our vulnerabilities, and uh, why they need to make education a priority. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, for example, this year, the governor called it the year of the teacher, right? We went to Tallahassee, they said it's the year of the teacher. Well, what ended up happening? Uh, the governor signed a, a stimulus package for education to raise teacher salaries, and 400 million of the $500 million went to attract new teachers, which is great, right? We want fresh new voices, incredible people to join our, our you know, our mission. Um, but unfortunately, because the veteran teachers like me at 15 years didn't get a boost or a raise, a, a starting teacher um, makes the same as me. So with all of my masters- Something is wrong there. He, what was that? I said, something is wrong with that equation. <laughs> Exactly. So with all the experience, forget the degrees, even just the experience, I make $200 more right now than a first year teacher. And, no. you know, it's divisive. So and are you guys going to take that back to the drawing board, Lucia? No. So we, we tried and we lobbied and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, at the end of the day, the governor, he has the last word. He signed it into the bill and there was no way he was going to change his mind. We did everything we could. But you know, that's, that's how it is. And we see that over and over where we use our voices, we go through the democratic process, right? That, that we know works. And then unfortunately the leaders that are there, they seem to still kind of just do what they want, right? And so- well, don't we stop really advocating, you know, stay on top of them. I know you will, I know no, you of will. of course. <laughs> well, yes, we will stay on top of them, but then what we need to do is make sure that when people go out to vote, they know what are these people's positions because they may be running for governor, state rep, state senator, and they may not be thinking about education or asking them, what's your position on funding schools or what's your plan? And we don't ask. And then when we get there, we find out that their plan was not to help. Yeah. And it's, it's way too late. But we, we want to use um, our voice as much as possible. We want to actively go and talk to them and make sure that we're heard. I think is the most important part. And we want to surround ourselves as teachers, as communities, as families, with people that care about education as much as possible. 
you know? I love it. 2013, the National Education Association awarded you as the Political Activist of the Year. Talk to us about that. Oh and my gosh. Thank you. That was amazing. And that was the first time they had uh, given that award. And that's, you know, the 2012 election was a huge election. People were very excited about it. Uh, we saw the youth vote overwhelmingly. Uh, you know, the youth does not always vote, but in 2012, they came out left and right. It was a beautiful moment. And I was really inspired by that election. Um, and so I was able to participate a lot here locally in uh, canvassing, knocking on doors, calling people, phone banking. Um, and I guess uh, that my work was recognized. I guess I was just like, I'm fired. I was a teacher on fire for our kids and talking. And then I would always be on the news at events. And and they just, they saw that. I guess they were watching and they picked eight amazing people from around the country that were kind of doing the same thing. And I think we, in some way, made it okay to, to be political and not in the school, of course, but outside as citizens. You know, it's okay for teachers to stand up and be in politics, look at me, you know? And a lot of, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, do you realize the magnitude, the fact that, you know, you're one teacher here making an amazing difference in Miami-Dade County Public Schools as a professor, as a teacher, and that the National Education Association, national, I'm not talking about the local one, the national one, that they should select you for the Political Activist Teacher of the Year I think that all our viewers would be very proud of you. I know that they are. I'm, I'm certainly proud of you. And as a mother that has seen you with my daughter and all of her friends as well, Excel, I mean, that is amazing. Let's talk a little bit about November 3rd. November 3rd comes, they vote. If you're elected on November 3rd, what suggestions do you have, Lucia, for the school board to become a little bit closer, to get a little bit closer with, with the teachers, and also with the community, the parents, talk to us about that. Absolutely. Listen, you know, you heard my platform about safety, innovation. You heard about my lobbying for funding. That's that's all at the core. But my vision for, for how we're going to be in touch, of course, is we have to be asking the tough questions. So in order for me to be on the board and be an efficient leader, I have to be in touch with my community to know what are their needs? And, and then I can represent them. So that means I'm going to PTSA meetings. I'm going to homeowner association meetings. I'm going, you know, to speak to elected officials. And I'm getting the big picture about what are the needs in the community. Because with that, I have the, the voice with which to say, this is what's good for my students and this is what's not. But aside from just being the voice, and this is the key, our families, teachers, and students have to have a seat at the table in the decision-making process. Excellent. Period. Period. I mean, we see everything that happened with preparing for the opening of schools here. I mean, so many things could have been avoided if they just would have talked to the teachers about how to successfully implement. Because they're in the trenches. The teachers are there living it every day. They should know. And remember in March, we went to distance learning in one weekend. I, in one weekend, had almost everything digitized and I was ready to go. I had already recorded lessons. I pressed play, I talked to the kids, they were all there, great attendance. 
no problem, right? But then everybody starts making decisions on behalf of us. And that's when everything went haywire. So we need to have people at the table. We need to know the needs. We need to be talking to everybody, like I said. Um, but we also want to be um, communicating the fact that we can't have a one-size-fits-all approach. That's the next part of it. Like that. Is every community is different and their needs are different. And it's okay if I do something differently in Brickle than if I do in Aventura, as long as the needs are being met, exactly. you know? And it's so okay. What I hear you say, Lucia, is equality for all, education opportunities for all, correct me if I'm wrong? Absolutely, absolutely. And making sure that we're it. doing enough for students post-graduation. It's great that they graduate, but like we're saying, we want to make sure that we are offering them a new life, a new opportunity that where they started from doesn't need to be where they end. And we see a lot of students that come to school, they do the right thing, they don't get in trouble, but you know, when they leave, they are not necessarily prepared to compete with what's out there and in their peers. And a lot of them often after one year of college drop out. Mm. You know, and that's let me, let me just, and I'm not being sarcastic, but not in your classrooms, that's for sure. No. <laughs> in your no. classrooms, get ready. No, yeah, everybody's working done. hard and everybody's is getting, you know, to the next phase in life. Well, because you have a proven track record already in your leadership with the students, the students love you, they're all successful. That's why we're so excited that if you should win on November 3rd, then you're going to be able to take your passion, your empathy, your compassion, to the school board and just fly with it, you know? And I like the fact coming coming from a community relations uh, career, 36 years in community relations, I like that you wanna bring all the partners together so that they can all sit and you can have all their views. You can agree to disagree, correct, Professor? Absolutely, absolutely. That's and at correct. the end of the day, student success is at the core of what we do. And as long as we have that in mind, we're, we're gonna be okay. But, but really, I want to address the needs, review what it is that we're doing, and learn to see what we could do differently in the future. Outstanding. Talk to us uh, with our viewers, District 3. What are the municipalities? That's the first question, so that everybody knows what they're voting for. Maybe that you fall in their jurisdiction. And also, talk straight to our viewers and tell them why do you feel, I know why you should win, but why do you, I want you to talk directly to all the thousands of viewers why do you feel that you should win on November 3rd as Miami-Dade County Public School Board member representing District 3, their children, the youth, and all of the families? Talk to us. Thank you. So District 3, it encompasses um, in the southern tip a Brickle, parts of Brickle, and then it goes into all of Miami Beach, including North Bay Village, Surfside, Fall Harbor, and it goes north to Sunny Isles, Aventura, and then the eastern parts of North Miami, and North Miami Beach. So especially if you're in this area or you know somebody in this area, uh, please let them know that you saw me today and that you're excited about the school board race and that you know a teacher that's gonna be there and be a school board member for all, okay? So please spread the word, make sure everybody knows my name, Lucia Baez Geller, make sure everybody knows La Profesora, the teacher, and uh, make sure they check out my website, luciabaezgeller.com, or on Instagram and Facebook at Elect Lucia Baez Geller or Twitter at Elect Lucia Baez. Uh, make sure 
that they reach out to me, that they send me a message, that I can tell them more if they're excited to know more, that I can tell them more, or if they want to give me ideas or work together in the future, let them know. But what I want you guys and the message I want you to spread out there when you're telling people about Lucia Baez-Geller is that I am someone that's made education the core of my life. I've made it a priority and I've made it a priority not to be a teacher on the sidelines, but a teacher on the front lines every day, giving my all. And I have been able to, through a holistic point of view, to really reach the needs of a student in every way, academic, uh, but also mental health, emotional health. And in every way I see every student as the beautiful soul, the beautiful person that they are. So we wanna make sure that we're giving this message to everybody across the county, especially in District 3, that they hear a message that they can and that they have the support of the school system behind them. And I think as long as we're navigating these great relationships with our students and with the communities and that we have responsible spending, I think that we can successfully move into a new chapter in this new era of education where 2020 has turned everything upside down. I think we have a chance to refresh and renew and renovate our point of view. And I hope to be doing that with all of you hand in hand, not only representing you, but walking alongside you to make sure that your students and your children have the best opportunity to succeed that they can have. Wow, <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Lucia Baez-Geller, running for Miami-Dade County Public Schools, District 3. We're running out of time, Lucia. Certainly, congratulations on all of your achievements. You certainly have a vivid vision of how to improve Miami-Dade County Public Schools. So I wanna thank you for joining us. We wanna invite you back on the show. How's that? Thank you. Yeah, sounds great. I can't thank wait. You. God bless you. And to thank all you. of viewers, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Please remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel at On Point with Rachel Turgerman. Remember that keeping informed and staying connected allows all of us to make the right decisions. God bless you all. Stay healthy and safe and have an amazing, fabulous, safe weekend. Bye-bye for now. No, you're good. <laughs>